Kia ora, I'm Alex Ashton. This is The Detail and this... <laughs> ..is the sound of thousands of Americans shopping. The general chaos and screaming would suggest they're stocking up for Armageddon, but no, it's actually just Black Friday. It all started back in the 1950s when some Americans started calling in sick to work the day after Thanksgiving and used the time, apparently, to hit the shops. The name itself, Black Friday, was dubbed in the 60s, originally as a reference to the traffic chaos on the day. Only in America, right? Well, not anymore. The tills are still ringing across the country tonight as more and more Kiwis pull their wallets out for an American shopping tradition. Black Friday sales seem to have gripped New Zealand. And then that sale was followed this week by something called Cyber Monday. And last month, the 11th of November, which is also Remembrance Day and place to remember those who died at war, is now a sales day too. Well, you may have seen the ads popping up for Singles Day as retailers push for New Zealand shoppers to get on board with what some are calling a new global shopping trend. Singles Day uh, was started by university students in China in the 1990s as an alternative to Valentine's Day. It's now one of the biggest shopping days of the year. Bodo, where have all these shopping days come from? Look, I think the desire to get a bargain is is a really deep-seated consumer motivation. And so sales have really originated from our, our desire to get something for less. Bodo Lang is the head of marketing at the University of Auckland. And so that's where sales really have started from. And they've been a long-standing tradition, particularly in retail sales, but also in other areas, you know, such as car sales and, and other industries. Where did the sales actually come from? Because... You understand if something's marketed around a specific day, like a Halloween sale or a Christmas sale. But something like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, who comes up with that? What it really comes down to is effectively uh, retailers' desire and sometimes manufacturers' desire also to move stocks. And um, you know, if there's a new model coming in or if they just have a lot of inventory uh, and they want to move stock and they want to you know, move the units basically. So that's... That's uh, where the drive comes from. And then I think often what happens is they they pin it to a day and often these um, sale dates are literally inventions of people in the industry and sometimes they're linked to cultural themes. Uh, but other times, you know, they're literally just things that are made up by people in the supply chain, you know, so by a manufacturer or a retailer or a wholesaler, but most like the retailers. For a big sales day to work, though, presumably you need multiple retailers on board. Do they get together and have some meeting about picking a day or is there some, you know, round table discussion with marketing executives who decide, yep, this day's going to be this? I'm just thinking, how do they get the ball rolling and start turning them into these massive events? I think it's another great question. I think, you know, I I certainly haven't been part of any such meetings and I don't know of any such meetings, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't some level of coordination. And that's where they also have to be careful, of course, that they don't uh, not being seen to be colluding uh, and to distort price levels in the market. But you're absolutely right. What you want to have for a sale is a sufficient number of retailers that participate at a sufficiently attractive price point or, or sales discount for that matter. That um, that really brings in the consumers and res- you know results in additional sales basically. So, to begin with, there will be uh, probably some seeding. So that might be a particular big retailer or a chain or a group of retailers. And then, if that seed is big enough, so if these chains um, have enough market power, then other retailers will jump on it because 
Uh, one of the downsides of sales, if you're a retailer, is that if you're not part of it, then you're very likely missing out on sales, not just in that particular sales period, but also after that period. For retailers, it's Christmas come early. I think people are getting, they're thinking it's bigger than Boxing Day. They're all looking for a spike in their sales. They're all looking for a compelling reason for the consumer to come in their door today. But uh, there is a phenomenon called the sales promotion trap, and having sales is part of this. And basically, the sales promotion trap, uh, very put simply, basically specifies that if other retailers are having sales and you're not having those sales, then you're missing out. So therefore, you con- you will continue to ha- you you will participate in the sales as well. And effectively, price discounting becomes the normal situation. And all that's really happened is is that you've eroded price points in the industry. So let's say retailing. And so being part of it is good. But if everybody is part of it all the time, then actually what really has happened is that most likely you've just undermined profitability levels. So, how'd the latest round of sales go? Well, there's still no complete, all-encompassing figure, but the best we have is from Paymark, which measures most in-store card spending. Sales on Black Friday, excluding food and hospitality, so actual stuff, totaled $71.4 million. That's up 22% on Black Friday last year. The day also beat last Boxing Day, but interestingly, not Easter Thursday. These figures don't include online spending either. Just coming back to these specific days, the the Black Friday, the Cyber Monday, the Singles Day, why are they appearing in New Zealand now? Because I know they've been happening overseas for a while, but it feels like this year they've really taken off here. Why? I think you're right, and I think if you take a slightly broader sort of sociological perspective on this, I think a lot of our current pop culture... Uh, it's very much dictated by, by overseas countries. If you look at the content that we watch on television or on Netflix or at the movies, if you think about the music that we listen to, a large proportion of that content comes from overseas and specifically from the US. And so a lot of these you know, things, these sale dates, they originate overseas, uh, maybe the US, maybe the UK, uh, you know, Queen's Birthday Weekend, you know, it's technically uh, sort of very much a UK-based uh, idea, I guess. Uh, some things also come from China increasingly because it's obviously a very large market. And so you just have to think about where cult- pop culture originates from and how it, how it permeates through the market and through different media. And I think sales are not that different really from you know television shows or movies in that sense. These ideas uh, basically flow down through a pipeline and if they happen to be working overseas, then retailers here will take note and they will say, well, Singles Day, that seemed to be working very well uh, in the US or in the UK or in Australia. So let's try this here. Rod Duke is the Managing Director of the Briscoe Group, which includes Briscoe's Living and Giving and Rebel Sport. Certainly for us it was big, big, big. Rod Duke says they're still waiting for the final figures, but early indications are that Friday, Saturday and Sunday were the busiest three consecutive days in the company's history. And um, and I think that's that's how these ideas uh, are adopted. And it's, to be honest, not that dissimilar from many other ideas, how, I don't know, fertilizers are adopted or anything else. It's basically been trialed somewhere else. It seemed to be working. And so other other target markets or other groups uh, tried as well. And that's the same with sales that we're seeing here. Yeah, it's interesting because there's a lot of pushback 
to these sales. I hate Black Friday. Yeah. I think it's a bunch of consumeristic crap. It's just an orgy of buying more Agreed. stuff that you don't need. How many of these sales days these do we need? Holidays. Fake holidays. People talk about, oh, we don't need this American thing or this holiday from what's-the-face, but clearly people get into it when it is here. Yeah, a lot of people do, but I think it's also important to observe that not not everybody gets into it. And I do think there is a danger, A, for retailers, that they've just you know permanently lowered their prices and thus their profitability. But there's also a danger for consumers if we uh, if we think for you know on the behalf of consumers for a moment, and that is that consumers are being taken advantage of and and you know being constantly encouraged to consume. And I think if that is the backbone of the of the economy and the America is very much based on consumption, then I think that's really problematic because it uh, really puts consumers in a certain position in the market. And it also really makes you think, well, what is it actually that we are producing? You know, and of course, most goods these days are imported. So, you know, if you think slightly more broadly from an economic perspective, uh, this is not good for the foreign account deficit, you know, because that means we are buying more and more things from overseas. So really, as a country... You know, uh, some people get very much into this and, and other people, I think, it has very little impact on them. But uh, by and large, these sales work and, you know, I'm sure many people in the, in the listenership will be looking forward to uh, Queen's Birthday sales, uh, sales or, or Boxing Day sales. The way we see these things happen in the United States is the most obvious example. When the sale starts and you just have hundreds of thousands of people running into stores. The Black Friday frenzy, an estimated 116 million shoppers hitting the stores. Bedlam in the aisles of some of the nation's biggest retailers. Shoppers fighting over garments at this Victoria's Secret in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Are we ever going to get to that stage in New Zealand? I don't think we will unless there is something that really is truly spectacular. And by that I mean it's either a brand and or a brand at a particular price that is just too good to be true in quotation marks. So if suddenly we had a uh, proper proper Apple store here or if IKEA opened its, shore, uh, its store uh, doors here in Auckland um, or anywhere else in the country and they said, look, for the first day, we're going to give you 50% off everything. I think we could see, not hundreds of thousands because we have a po- smaller population base, but I think we could see um, scenes such as overseas where people are queuing you know, for a long time and, uh, and slightly more aggressive behavior during the sale. But for a normal sale, I think it's unlikely. Nobody's going to fight over products when they're you know, $10 off. Uh, but that $10 off is still enough to get them in the store. But I think it's that that type of behavior that we sometimes see uh, being sort of sensationalized uh, is really the result of people, you know, who are reacting quite dramatically to to something that is probably quite a significant price reduction or a brand that is not known for making price reductions suddenly having a price reduction. A commotion veering out of control at an Alabama mall. Shoppers scrambling for safety as gunfire rings out. Is it just price that gets people lining up? Because I'm thinking in Auckland, it would have been maybe a month or so ago, a new makeup store opened on Queen Street, and that morning there were just queues all the way out the door. We got here at like 5.50, and we stayed in the line until we got here. And so we probably stayed at like four hours maximum here. What makes people willing to line up for a store to open? 
I think it's there's a variety of drivers. So it goes back to a really, uh, really sort of a seminal paper in marketing, and you know, it's it's basically titled "What Makes Why Do People Buy Things?" Uh, and um, and why do and, people you know, buy things? <laughs> yeah, why do why do people buy things? So we, you know, we buy things to replace things that we've used up. So the milk in your fridge, the batteries that are empty, the gas that you've used up in your car. Uh, we're buying things to um, to replace things that are maybe broken, so furniture or a car. Um, but we also buy things to um, to make ourselves feel good. So think about sunglasses, for example. We could all do with sunglasses from the from the gas station if they are certified UVA and UVB ray resistant and shielding. Uh, but what do most of us do? We go to a uh, to a store and buy expensive Ray Bans or Dolce and Gabbana. And why do we do this? We do this because it makes us feel good about ourselves, because we feel just a tiny little bit like the people in these advertisements. And they're, of course, invariably very good looking, nothing like me, uh, <laughs> young, youthful and have a very positive lifestyle. So there's that impression. And then there's also the social component. And that is, of course, what do people think of me as a result of me wearing that pair of sunglasses? It's important to keep in mind that we don't we're not rational consumers all of the time and we buy things for a variety of reasons and it's the same for sales so price is a very easy one you know and it's very easy to understand nobody needs to be a mathematician to see that 39.99 is a lower price than 49.99 but as you said there are also other drivers um, of of getting people to queue and getting people to shop maybe slightly more than they otherwise would and one of them is novelty and if something is novel, and then people are willing to queue. And so a new store for makeup uh, opening up in Queen Street in Auckland or, you know, down here in Wellington, uh, that, could happen, uh, that could happen absolutely. And it's basically novelty that's driving that. And that is partially fueled by the relatively limited variety of products and brands that, we, that are actually available in New Zealand. Um, we're a small market, you know, 4.7 million people, and many brands are not available that are available overseas. And so if something arrives here, like... After years of speculation, the Swedish furniture giant IKEA has confirmed it's coming to Auckland. US mega retailer Costco is bringing a store of epic proportions to New Zealand. It's spending $90 million to build a giant warehouse the size of one and a half rugby fields in northwest Auckland. Uh, or this makeup store, then there's this initial price spike where people are very excited and you don't even really need to have a big sale on it's just the fact that you're there and some people will be brand apostles who've been waiting for this for a long time and they might be queuing for a few hours just to be the first to be in that door i got up at five in the morning and then we reached in the city about 6 30 so i've been standing in the queue since 6 30 in the morning to be very very honest i didn't sleep at all last night like almost not do we tend to spend more overall with more sales or is there a certain amount of spending that happens regardless of how many sales days there are? I think this really depends on the product category or on the industry that you're thinking about. So I'll give you a simple example. There are only so many cars you can own. There's only so much toilet paper you can use. There's only so much maybe sugar you can use. So there are some things where there's not much elasticity in terms of if you lower the price, you will not increase sales or consumption that much. Um, Perhaps you increase sales short term. So let's say toilet paper is on special. Well, you might be buying more toilet paper, but you are unlikely to use more toilet paper. What you will be doing is you'll be stockpiling that toilet paper and then be using it up. 
So there is a finite amount of how much you can consume uh, and, I guess, purchase over a longer period of time. But there are clearly other categories of products uh, that are much more disposable uh, and that are probably have some novelty aspect and maybe some luxury aspect where you could say, yes, there's much more elasticity. So if you're lowering prices, you will increase purchase over the long run and also consumption over the long run. What sorts of things are you talking about there? So uh, I have to admit at this point that I'm quite a chocoholic. And so the best example that springs to my mind is that, you know, in supermarket sales, you can often see toilet paper, you know, there's not much elasticity there in the long run. But for chocolate, for example, or or wine, you know, for these sort of products where there's a hedonic component, so, so um, you're enjoying it, there's a strong emotive component to the consumption, that's where you can see increased sales because the more people consume up to a point, uh, the more enjoyable it is. Do you think then, given all that then, that there will be more more shopping days, say, next calendar year than this year? Are we at peak sale yet? I think retailers will push it as far as they can and when they can see declining uh, declining effects overall, maybe over a whole year, that's when they will start to rein in uh, the, the number of sales and maybe even just what they do at each sale point. And so I don't think we've quite reached sales saturation yet um, because I think many consumers, certainly not most, but many consumers, I think, still react very favorably towards having a sale. So as long as that is working, uh, we will continue seeing sales uh, coming online. And it's interesting because it, it always used to be Boxing Day, right? It was the Boxing Day sales. Boxing Day shopping records are expected to be smashed again this year. Tens of thousands of bargain hunters were drawn to the malls today on the biggest shopping day of the year. Are we less interested in Boxing Day now that there are all these other sales or is Boxing Day still one that we'll always do? I think Boxing Day is deeply ingrained in the New Zealand psyche and I I say this uh, with a slight smirk being of course an immigrant from overseas but I think I've lived here long enough to understand that you know there are deep cultural connections. Shoppers came in their droves to the country's largest shopping mall Sylvia Park in Auckland today. By one o'clock 50,000 punters had jostled their way through queues and crowds to park with their cash. The big downside of course of Boxing Day sales is that a lot of people are actually not in their normal place of residence on Boxing Day because they have moved already to some holiday location. So having these other types of sales that are in some way also much more targeted uh, is, is beneficial for retailers. And I guess that's worth a quick comment. Marketing is always about targeting and advertising is a, is a big, very visible part of marketing. And so if you have Cyber Monday or something else, if these sales are very targeted on a particular product type, I think that's very helpful for consumers and therefore it's very helpful for retailers because people might be holding back their purchase of a particular type of product, so high tech for example, because they know, oh, I can get the best days, uh, uh, best deals uh, on a particular type of product at that t- type and, uh, time in the year. And so I think that's where these other types of sales can be very beneficial because they're specific. What is the risk of having too many sales? for both individual retailers and the wider economy? I think the risk for retailers is very clear, and that is that sales, if they occur too frequently, won't result in the desired effect, that is, increased unit sales and overall increased profitability over that period of time. So that's a very real risk for retailers. 
the risk for consumers of having too many sales is quite different. It is that they might be buying products that they don't actually need, or it might be pushing them in a certain direction in terms of being marginalised and just really spending much more money than they ought to. Do you think you spent more than you wanted to? Definitely. And becoming quite like Pavlov's dogs, uh, conditioned to sale signs and immediately thinking, oh, I need to go and buy something, when in fact they don't. So I think there are risks of sales for both retailers and consumers. And like anything in life, I think consumers just need to be mindful of what do you actually need and uh, when do you need to purchase this particular type of product or service. And I think if you have that always in the back of your mind, you can steer clear of a lot of uh, complications and, and negative consequences. That's the detail for today. I'm Alex Ashton. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. And good news, we're back for 2020 thanks to more funding from New Zealand On Air. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating, as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Rangi Powak and produced by Alexia Russell. Thanks to Bodo Lang from the University of Auckland. Ka kite anō.